When you were young, you had all kinds of friends. Some were helpful. Some were your playmates. And there were some very special friends that your parents never even knew about. And that's our story tonight on... Louise to Beaver. Starring Louise Gaspin and John Richardson as the co-host. Hey, hey, boys and girls and everything in between. It's me, Louise, and I am joined by... It's me, John, the co-host. And you're listening to Louise to Beaver. This is it's the, the podcast. De- it's the definitive oh. podcast. Oh. I've declared it. Okay. The definitive podcast that John and I do, <laughs> or that anyone else listens to, about Leave It to Beaver. It. No. <laughs> no? Well... It's the only no. podcast. It's the only anything about leave it to beave it <laughs> or beave it to lever. But it is also or the definitive podcast. Yeah, about leave it to beaver. <laughs> so uh, for for our first time listeners, we were people who had never really watched Leave It to Beaver up until recently. And man, oh man, we are on the ninth episode of the first season. And holy cow, there's a lot, there's a lot to take in. And also the whole leave it to beaver subculture, which there is one is like (laughs) mind blowing. It's true. There are people on the leave it to beaver Facebook fan club. And I'm intimidated by them. Oh my God. By their knowledge, by their fandom. They have immense fandom, and I watched a little bit of a Facebook live stream that one of the people was doing. Did you too? No. Um, I'll give her a shout out. I think her name is like Lacey something, but like she wears like pearls and she just talks kind of about Leave It to Beaver. I don't know. Um, Kind of like what we do. Yeah, but... It's We're more it's more free it. form. Okay. More free form. Uh but we we do an episode by episode breakdown and critique. So yeah. And we're a little more structured. Well, yeah. We want we you know she's able to engage with her her viewers live and in the moment. Maybe we'll do that sometime too. TBD. Lovely. (laughs) I think. So, uh, we're talking about uh, season one, episode nine, the clubhouse. I have a lot of questions about this episode. Do you have questions that you want to talk about before we begin? No. Okay. I want to wait till we're in the throes of the moment. In the throes of the mo's. So. First, we're going to do our segment, TV Guide versus John and Louise. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find a TV Guide listing for this episode? I sure did. Let's hear it. Here it goes. TV Guide says, Beaver and Wally map plans for building a clubhouse. That's, That's it. it? That's it. First of all, not true. Not true. 
I'd say even when it comes to building a clubhouse, there's not a plan. No. And it should be Wally and some other eighth graders. Yeah. Map plans for building a clubhouse. All right. So and leave the beeve out because they're jerk boys. Yeah. Is that your official synopsis? No, mine is. It's the longest Saturday ever. The basement is flooded, but nobody cares. The beef once again asserts his entrepreneurial side. Folks don't answer questions properly, and good storytelling is worth every penny. <laughs> uh, I like your synopsis a lot. Uh did so I'm assuming you are you picked up on the same thing that I picked up on is that June only has one look. June only has one look. Every time she came on screen, I was like, okay, it's gotta be a new day. What's she gonna be wearing? And it's the same thing. Uh-huh. It's the same thing. It's the same. Yeah. Uh there's there's a lot that's so confusing about this episode. Yeah. So confusing about this episode. Um did you have a, a a breakdown, a TV guide breakdown? You know, I kept on going back and forth between different things because this episode is really about a lot of stuff. Yes. And ultimately, my synopsis is nothing makes sense. Wally's friends are jerks and the beaver is at it again with his crazy antics. That's all you need. That's all you needed. That's all you need. Um, so yeah, shall we, shall we just dive right in? By the Let's way, for the first time ever, I wrote down like scene numbers. There are 20 scenes in this. Oh, cool. I only got 18, but maybe I like oh, really? condensed, but yeah, there's always a lot of scenes. There's so many scenes and it's like so many of them are so unnecessary. Yeah. I think that the subplot of Ward wanting to go golfing throw it away cut it out that's right joey gladstone <laughs> cut it on out um so the first season the episodes start off with like an introductory moment kind of teeing up the episode which this one what it's all talking about like who your friends are and it's implying that hmm? and yeah, it's something about the friends that you have that your parents don't know about. It's yeah. not just who your friends are. Yeah, so when that happened, I was like, what is this episode about? And it's not about Stranger any of danger, that. stranger danger. No. Well, and exactly because here's here's my notes. So the intro, it's a classic three-shot structure. We have a clip from uh, Beaver at the Barber when he doesn't have the money. We have the clip of him sitting with Violet Rutherford. And then we go to a clip from this episode where he's with an old man who pats him on the head and walks away, which doesn't happen in the episode, to my recollection. No. So all I wrote is, old man predator? What is happening here? Mm -hmm. We know that Beaver befriends old men. Gus. Poor Ahemplo. There's the guy at the uh like the mechanic yard. Yeah, oh, the, the mechanic. Yeah. Well, same, same. He borrowed a can of grease or whatever from that one episode. Kids First need episode. grease. Kids need yeah. grease. So um 
yeah, it's it's very perplexing. That intro has nothing to do with the episode. If I had to boil down what the like a story is here, it's just that Beaver feels excluded and as always uses his intelligence to and creativity in creativity to try to be in the mix. Just to entertain himself. Yeah. Even. Okay, so scene one, the Cleaver residence. We are in the kitchen. kitchen. It's raining. Did you notice the creepy clown cookie jar? (gasps) No. It is in the. I have to go back. Yeah, we'll do do a screenshot of that. It's in like the corner um, of like the kitchen counter, and it's like a scary clown cookie jar. Anyway, moving on. Um, June comes up from the basement and is wearing a dark pleated circle skirt, a collared bow shirt with a cardigan sweater, earrings, arm candy, and if they're pearls, we're not seeing them. But spoiler alert, this is the same tie collar bow shirt from season uh, one, episode six. Really? Not that long ago. Not that long ago. It's paired differently, I think. And I'm going to point out that her skirt has pleats for days. Pleats for days. (laughs) Dark pleated circle skirt. Yeah. Those pleats. Man, oh man. Lots of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's raining out. So she comes up from the basement and she's like, Ward, there's water in the basement. And he's like, yeah. I don't understand what was going on with him. He'd be like, if I were him, I'd be like, man, not again, because they clearly had an issue where they had to pay $280 to fix it. Yeah. Oh, in my notes, I said he shrugs it off because obviously he's talked to Mahoney about it. Right, it's just condensation. Who is Mahoney? Will we ever meet him? Does he know Minerva? Yeah, right. I hope so. Mahoney. So, yeah, so if I were him, I'd be like, man, we just paid all that money to fix this problem and it's back again. Uh, that's really yeah. irritating. But instead, he's just like so blase about it. I think that here's here's where I'm thinking. The uh, Norman Tokar, the director, was like, all right, um, Hugh Beaumont, star of Leave it to Beaver. This show is all about you. And this episode is about how badly you want to play golf and nothing else matters. (laughs) Focus. Yeah, it's like, it's all about you, baby. Hugh Bobon, baby. All about you. And yeah, so he's just like staring out the window, not caring at all that like their house is being permanently damaged. And June is like, you know... I feel like she's downplaying how bad it is because she even says like there's an inch and a half of water and that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. You in that. Yeah, that's pretty bad, especially you if there's like. You can't wear your bedroom slippers down into that water. It's not like. Not at all. Know, it's bad. And, uh, an inch and a half is a lot. And then when Ward eventually was just like, all right, I'll call later. She's like. Oh, okay. Ha 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 ha. And it's like moves on. There's some like thing about uh he says I can't I can't ask somebody to go out in this weather. 
right. uh, to fix our leaky basement. And she's like, call him a cab. Right. It's like, what? Anyway, then uh, he like long, like melancholically, is that a word? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Looks out the window longingly. Yeah. And he's like, uh, where are the kids? Are they sailing boats in the gutters? I guess kids don't sail sail boats and gutters anymore. It's a lost childhood art. And um, June's like, but um, Ching of the sitcom musicality is like, why don't they sail them in the basement? Yeah, right? Something like this that. This scene, considering there are 19 others, was way too long for what it is. Oh, yeah. And it it follows the the format that we've seen in other episodes where there's this needless Ward and June in the living room being like, I wish the beaver wouldn't have lost my sewing kit or like, where is that change that I lost in this seat cushion? Or like there's there's a moment always with the parents. But this one, I agree, dragged on way too long and was so weird. And people don't react that way. Yeah. It's just like not it was so inhuman. Inhuman. That's a good word for it. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. So then scene two, we are upstairs in the boys' room, and they are doing the things Nothing. that the things that boys do when they are bored and can't think of anything to do. They Beeb is making like an angry Medusa yeah. foggy window art with this finger. Yeah. And uh, Wally is playing with this like miniature version of one of those like Carnival games. Carnival, like you hit it with a hammer and it hits a bell kind of thing. And he's just like pounding on it with his fist. And he, he's like not getting it. It's like he he tries a couple times and it only goes like halfway oh, up. It's he's because got a he's, real it's because he's over it. He tender touch. He's just like passing time. Yeah. So Beaver suggests a bunch of things for them to do. Uh, you know, a few like imagination games and stuff like that and then he suggests that they trade marbles and wally says only a goof would trade marbles this time of year yeah uh the notes that i have for this scene because that happens like where they're they're doing the strongest cleaver boy of all challenge where it's like one says a line hit ding the other says a line hit ding it's like just beautiful i said excellent bell work boys um and then the beeve, dejected from the marbles shut down, goes over to the window and sees that Eddie and Tui are right. cutting across the lawn. Oh, yeah. And even Tui is wearing rubbers. What? An, that, I think that I, just means like galoshes, boots. Obviously. But I, I also feel like it's one of those weird moments where, you know how, I don't know if, well, maybe you don't know, but sometimes there's like jokes for kids and jokes for adults that go over the kid's head in cartoons right. and stuff. This was one where I was like, the adults that would be watching Leave it to Beaver would not even appreciate this if it were a hidden joke. <laughs> like if this was a condom joke. For the it was free 1957. Oh, I was going to say for the free love and 60s. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Too soon. Yeah, no, that that wasn't the thing that was going on. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so they're very excited. We go downstairs, and um, yeah, Tui and Eddie are at the front door, soaking wet. They come, like, pounding on the door, like a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> June lets them in, and, of course, Eddie compliments June's hair, and she, like, takes their coats and... I don't know. They're just like being a bunch of little ragamuffin kids. My favorite moment is when Eddie starts to like bullfighter shake off his raincoat. Oh, yeah. And June loses her cool. And she's like, hey, like. (laughs) Yeah, I would be so pissed if I were June. That was my favorite moment of this whole episode. Oh, I'll get to my favorite moment later. Okay, but it's another Tui moment. Duh. Oh, of course. Uh, um, wait, before so- we go further, we should talk about the, the Fafara family a little bit more. Okay. Uh, off the air, Louise and I talked a little bit about, um, I think it was Tiger Fafara's son. Was it his son? Yeah, it's Tiger Fafara's son, Tiger Fafara, who plays Tui, uh, who is the front man of a like hair metal band. I think his name is like Des Fafara. And uh, yeah, it is pretty entertaining looking at his like social media following. Oh. I'm going to have to get into that. I I love the Fafara family. That is for sure. <laughs> All I, right, so I, then. I, yeah. So Tui uh, goes into his coat and pulls out a sack of marbles and suggests to Wally that they trade marbles. Um, yeah. You have to, right to before say? that, Wally comes down the stairs uh, and just is like, hi, men. It's <laughs> like, oh, boy. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, they're now they're back upstairs in the room and they're trading marbles, which I was like, man, if I were Beave, I'd be so pissed off right now. Oh, yeah. But he's just so sweet. He really is. And then they're kind of just having like marble talk about what marbles are made of. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say there's a moment where Eddie snarks at the beeve because like he's so annoying, that beeve. And he's like, uh, if they're not made of marble, what are they made of? And Eddie's delivery of glass was a moment that I was like, Okay. Like it, it, you in the past when I have watched Eddie, he's just right. really gotten under my skin in a like really like slithery way. And this time I was like, "Oh, we just all hate you." It was like yeah. I understood for the very first time in real time that I don't like him, but it's like I'm not supposed to like him. Eddie is the absolute worst. Yeah. He's awful. He's really he's like Looking just in all the wrong places. He's not even for, nice to his friends. No. Um, so Eddie also uh pushes the beef into Tui. Uh right. and he says like something like, Why don't you dry up? Like something just Yeah, and then they have a little annoying. dog pile. Yeah, it I a dog pile. I called it a hungry, hungry hippo style. Dog pile. There's my notes. Dog pile. 
Hungry, hungry hippo style because of the all the marbles. Is, the beef is underneath frantically grabbing at the marbles. And I was like, and thus hungry, hungry hippo was born. Yeah, right. So uh, June comes in to break up the, the dog pile, hungry, hungry hippo fest. And uh, man, what a day June is having. Right. The she starts off flooded. the basement's flooded. The kids come in and they mess up the house. And now she's got to break up a kid fight. I know. Well, she also expertly assesses the situation because all uh, I think I think even Eddie is like the beaver started it. And she's like, yeah, "Yeah, I can see that. Right. I'm like, oh, get it, June. She knows that the beaver isn't going to start that kind of thing. Yeah. When Eddie's around, she knows she knows all about Eddie. Yeah. Well, then she's also like, you guys have to be quiet because Ward's trying to work. And I was like, on a Saturday, he's not fixing the basement. And even if he was, he doesn't need quiet for that. Yeah, he's not trying to work. He's looking longingly out the window and you'll square alert practicing his putting in the living room. Yeah. Uh, So Tui says after June leaves, I wish there was some place we could mess around in peace. And I was like, mess around. That's the way you see life, Tui. It's all about just messing around. And mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that adults are getting in your way. Yeah. And like, you're already at somebody else's house. Like, you, if you, like, if you thought you could mess around at your house... You're not there, which is why you left, because you thought you could mess around at the Beavs' house? Like, just... Well, also, they're trading marbles, which is, like, the probably quietest thing you can do. (laughs) Right, as a young boy. Right. Yeah, and it's like, maybe let's get to the root of the problem here about messing around. Maybe Eddie should stop being such a jerk. Ah, get new friends. Yeah, (sighs) if... So, Let's see. Okay, so Tui says, I wish there was some place we could mess around in peace. Instead, I would have I would have had him say, I wish there was some place we could not be hanging out with Eddie Haskell, the jerk. <laughs> that would and then Eddie could have had a single tear and been like, I think I hear my mom calling. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> so um, uh the so, says yeah. Like, maybe we should build a clubhouse. And they all ignore him. Right. Yeah, and the vacant lot across the street. And then, beat, 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 Eddie says, hey, I got an idea. Let's build our own clubhouse. And they're like, that's a great idea. Oh, yeah. I also forgot to say that June uh, says something on her visit upstairs, like, I'm going to make you guys sandwiches. Right. And oh, Eddie. No, that didn't. That didn't happen yet? I don't think. No, I think she might. She, maybe she comes back in because that's on my in my notes, but not until the last part. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they talk about building a clubhouse. Wally's like, that's a great idea. I feel like Wally maybe just like wasn't paying attention to Beaver when he said that. Because, like, when when they're talking about, like, all their plans for it, it's like, yeah, we'll charge a dollar and then 10 cents, of blah, 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 blah. And it's for eighth graders only. And then Beaver's like, can I be in it? And Eddie, the jerk, is just like, it's for eighth graders only. 
And then Wally is just like, come on, can he be in it? He's all right. And it's like, oh, and I didn't write this down in my notes. But now that you're reliving this scene for me, there's some moment. And I think it's Eddie where he's like, because if we had a clubhouse, we'd get to hit a lot of the bigger guys. Right. Yeah. What? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. He's he's already letting letting the power go to his head. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I wrote down that Wally is a good brother because he's like, come on, Beaver's all right. He can be in the club. Like, I don't think that when he said that Eddie's idea was good and didn't respond to Beaver's, I don't think that that was a malicious thing against Beaver. I think that that was just like he was so in his head at the moment. Spacing out. Yeah. So. Then June comes back in and she's like, oh, by the way, I'm making you boys sandwiches. And of course, Eddie's being like a little kiss ass. And he says that he's allergic to mayo. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put mayonnaise on it. My mom says I'm allergic. What I want to. So and mayonnaise. Like, okay. I bet. Well, mayonnaise is also not something that you're just allergic to. You're maybe allergic to an ingredient in it. Is he allergic to eggs? Because that's a larger problem. I don't know. I don't. I think he's just a swindler, and he doesn't like mayonnaise because June was like, not like, oh, are you allergic? Have I served you mayonnaise before? Are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Like, right? It's like he just doesn't want it on his. Interesting. Sandwich. I didn't. I didn't get that from that. Well, because. I mean, growing up, my my house is often a place to hang out. And my mom's like not a super chef or anything, but she would occasionally make stuff. But she's not going to like make things for everybody like a diner. She's just going to be like, there's carrots and hummus on the table. (laughs) You know what I mean? She's not going to check to see. I mean, I don't know. Well... All due respect to Mare, your mom, but like, I don't think that she and June Cleaver have too many parallels. That's probably true. Yeah. That's and probably I, true. And I, I say mean, that in a good way. Their, June is a flawed love, person. Their love of slingback heels <laughs> is probably where I draw the line. <laughs> All right, so oh, now- and shout out to Mare because we're talking about her. Mare Mare said to me the other day Uh on the phone that she wants it to be made clear that by the time she was watching Leave It to Beaver, it was already in syndication Uh and they were making fun of it. Oh, really? Just in case anybody wondered, Mare's too cool for school (laughs) and so are all her siblings and... Part of the joy of watching the show for them was to be like, get a load of how cheesy this is. Right. So there you go, Mare. <laughs> You're a cool cat. Everybody knows. Absolutely. I'm look, anytime we can talk about Mare, I'm I'm down. <laughs> uh so now we're down in the living room and we are mid-conversation between Ward and Beaver. And uh, Ward a is just like universe conversation. Huh? Because, I'm sorry, interrupted. No, 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 go ahead. It's like a money conversation, 
But not four episodes ago or five or whatever, we had a whole episode about the beef and money. Well, I'm wondering if they're just playing these out of order because I was thinking that later on when, uh, in scene seven, Beaver asks June how people make money. And it's like, he knows how he made all the money. Okay. Maybe it's just an out of order thing. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. So yeah, so he's asking Ward for like for $3 and Ward's just like, well, why do you need $3? He's like, so I can join the club. And here's another like really weird Ward thing about this episode is that he is very insistent that kids forget about one thing after like 30 minutes. Like he... He read something that a psychologist wrote, which I'm just like, really, Ward? That said, like, that kids lose interest in stuff after, like, 40 minutes. Kids the beeves age. Sure. So he June is, brings it up later. Right. Oh, it comes up many times. So those, this whole thing about um, the beeve wanting to make $3 to Ward is just something that's going to be passing soon. And he keeps on talking about it. He's like, oh, is Beaver giving up yet? Yeah. And I wrote down in my notes, he says the reason is because he hasn't learned to stick to one thing. And I was like, but shouldn't he just be saying, I can't give you all this money because you lose it all the time. And then he says like, you can't stick to one thing. And I'm like, he collected all those bottle caps for a week and he, he yeah. got a bicycle for, I mean. I feel like Beaver. Different ward. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I feel like Beaver is the most persistent kid and the most, crea- and it's like, how does Ward not see how different his child is from all of their kids? Yeah. And he's also, like, really, really caring because um, I don't remember if it's this scene or a later scene when they're talking about... Oh, it's a later scene. Okay, we'll get there. Okay. So, Ward, I just wrote down that he's an ageist jerk because he's basically like, kids are not... Kids, adults rule, kids drool is basically what he's saying. He's just talking smack. Anyway. Yeah. The next scene, it's across the street and uh, the eighth graders are building the clubhouse. And And Ward goes out to check on the progress. Yeah. Ward just like goes out and he's like, you know, he's not telling them what to do. He advises Wally to take the uh, tools out of the wet grass or else they'll rust. And he's like, it's all right. They're Tui's dads or whatever. And Ward is oh, just yeah. like, oh, all right. There's also a moment where uh, the, you it, it's a it's panned back a ways, and you can see the raw materials they're using to build the clubhouse, and it's clearly wooden signs that say "property for sale." Yeah, like they've just taken them and cartoon style broken them, like like there's jagged edges right from the sides which wouldn't even be broken 
properly because both of the jagged sides and the way that the writing is is like oh yeah i don't know when you said raw materials i was like that's exactly what they are they are raw materials they're just you they're just stealing whatever and using whatever and i don't yeah. know um but then comes what might be I don't know if it's my favorite or my second favorite part of this episode, but when Tui is hammering really close up and Ward yeah. is like, you know, you don't want to choke up so much on that hammer. You'll get more, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like being a good dude. And Tui is just like, yeah, but if I stand further back, I can't see the nail. How blind is this kid? Well, also, this goes back to my my episode synopsis where I say people don't answer questions properly. Right. <laughs> like choking up on a hammer for leverage has nothing to do with how far back you're standing. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like they're skipping the beat where he's like, yeah, but then I'd have to like stand further back and then I wouldn't be able to see the nail. He's just skipping that. But how blind is this kid that he can't, he's got these big glasses on. When we saw him trimming the hedges and he did an awful job, like, I think that we should be really concerned about Tui's vision. Especially when he's giving them, um, in previous scenes, uh, details about the marbles. Right? Like, if you can see the marble. Yeah. If you can see the details about this really small thing. Yeah. Then certainly you have, I don't know. Maybe he's got a magnifying glass at home that he just comes, he's studied the marbles, the whole bag of marbles and memorized them. Yeah, maybe he like goes and sits down on a park bench and has people describe the marbles to him <laughs> so that he can like go and trade marbles and I sound like he knows what he's talking the about. <laughs> What's this one like, Lion Pete? <laughs> and speaking of park benches, uh, that's our next scene. No, we're in the kitchen next. Oh my God. Okay, my notes are not Yeah, right. so, uh, but before that, uh, Ward walks away and he's like, all right, keep up the good work, boys. And Eddie is like, hey, Wally, hey, Wally, your dad's all right. You know, he doesn't get in the way. He's, you know, he's a good guy. I was like, okay, Eddie, giving credit where credit's due. You're still a jerk, but at least, you know, you said something nice for once. For once. Yeah. So then we are in the kitchen. Do you remember okay. this? We're in the kitchen and this is where Beaver's asking oh, yeah, June but, how people make yeah. money. And that's where I just said he knows how. He, knows he how. sold water when there was a water crisis. Yeah. He's very good at making money. He gave alligator seminars in his living room. This kid is constantly making money. Yeah. He's losing it sometimes. But then he's also making it other times. Yeah, I was like, he once again (laughs) asserts his entrepreneurial skills. I know. I feel like they're fixating on the character trait of Beaver, like, saying words funny. But they should really be focusing on Beaver's ability to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking with with June about, like, different people in town and, uh, like, who's the richest person in town? And it's like... Well, doesn't such and such live in that gigantic house? And, you know, she's just like, oh, that's, you know, they're an advertising executive and whatever. 
So. Oh wait, there's oh, that also person's another an person. Yeah, yeah, and he gets really sad, like that if he wanted to get the money, that his dad would have to die and leave I, it to him. I feel that was like a cute moment. Well, I he never says any of that. I feel like you just kind of. Well, no, but he said, how did he get the... No, I'm remembering it. Doesn't he say, like, how did he get his money? And he said... Uh, yeah, June's like, well, his le- father it, died and left and it to left him. And left it to him. But And he goes... But Beaver doesn't say anything in response. I think he just, just gets really sad and goes like, oh. I, You may be projecting, but I'm okay. not saying that you're wrong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Because my thought was, oh, is he going to be like, we have to kill dad? Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's how I get my three dollars. I'll kill my father. Um, (laughs) No, but then uh, Beaver leaves and Ward is just like, what was that all about? And she was like, oh, he was just asking who the richest people are. And then Ward says, maybe Beaver wants to know who the wealthiest guy in town is so he can marry his daughter. I was just like, Ward, what are you even talking about at all in this episode at any given moment? uh, (laughs) Yeah. Then he just like has this like wishful thinking look on his face where he's just like, wouldn't that be nice? Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) All right. So scene eight, I just heard that they're building the clubhouse. Like there's really not much to it. Wait. What? I'm just out of order. I have notes on this scene. This is where Jerk Eddie says, hey, where's your little brother? And Tui's oh, yeah. like, you probably scared him off, uh, telling him like he has to get $3. And I was like, is $3 really scary? But then he only wants him around. Eddie only wants the beef to hang around so that they can chase him off again. I'm yeah. like, you are the jerkiest jerk that ever jerked. He's a jerk. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Plain and simple. That's it. Eddie Haskell. That's it. El Jerko numero uno. Yeah. So, yeah, that was just like a quick little scene. Though it's just like they're still going and Eddie is a jerk. That's yeah. really all there is to that one. Ugh. And then... And then the next scene is when Beaver is sitting on the park bench. Okay. Yeah. So he's very lonely sitting on the bench. His brother and his friends, like, don't want him around. He has no way to make $3 because he's not wealthy or in advertising or whatever. And then an old man walks up and sits down, and he's got a sandwich board that says Antonio Shoe Repair. And he sits down on the bench, and he goes into this, like, whole thing about how all he does is he walks and then he sits, but he does more sitting than he does walking because the walking means that he's advertising. And he explains to Beaver how, you know, he's advertising. And, you know, in Beaver's mind, it's just like, oh, advertising is how you make a ton of money. That means walking around with a sandwich board on you. And he says something about having... um, Ambition. Yeah, bad habit of ambition. And he's right. like, uh, if you've got that bad habit, you'll be just fine or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But it's basically just saying, like, if you got ambition, you'll be okay. And that's all there is to it. And then 
we go, and this is one of those like dialogueless moments where we just see Beaver walking out of his garage and he's made his own sandwich board that says this space for rent on the front and this space for rent too on the back. And, and uh, there's like put there's onlookers, like people walking on the sidewalk. There's a lot of him. foot traffic over there. And they're like, what? Like so confused. Yeah. Um, there's a moment a few scenes later that that happens with a lot. But um, yeah, people look very confused. I got to say, I was very impressed that Beaver used the correct two on the back. Nice. I was like, this kid doesn't know how to pronounce words, but his grammar is on point. So then, thanks, Miss Canfield. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that it helps being teachers' pets sometimes. So, scene eleven, uh, Ward is practicing putting in the house, and June is basically just like, you know, staring at that window and whatever isn't going to make the greens dry up. And th- mm. that's when I was just like, wait a second. That's when I realized that she was wearing the same outfit. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is the same day. How is all of this? Yeah, because it's like gorgeous outside when the kids are building the clubhouse and everything. And people yeah. just walking to town. Not a puddle in sight. And I was thinking there's like long grass over there. If you're walking along in the long grass, your pants are going to be wet. Yeah. Got issues with this episode. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, the wood that they're hammering. Oh, it would dry, be yeah. Dry as a bone. Yeah. It would be it would be soggy. It would be no good. The nails yeah. would just go right in. They just slide yeah. right in. Um so yeah, that's just a little moment where June is just like I, I don't know if they talk about the beaver going to get money. They must. They do. Yeah, I put on this my notes on this as useless grown up scene. Uh useless Ward, grown up scene. Yeah. Ward bought the Beva football helmet for $6. Right, that's the scene. He wore it for two days, including to bed, and then he gave it to the the milkman in case he had a head-on collision. And I'm like, why did the milkman keep it? Wouldn't there be a conversation between June and the milkman when he's delivering the milk? Like, hey... Beaver tried to give me his helmet, but I think he better have it back. What a yeah. sweet kid. Like the milkman just is like, great. And <laughs> it's like, takes this a is my helmet, now. helmet from him. Yeah. This, and the t- a helmet that would fit the beef. Would that even fit the milkman? I had the same thought. I had the same thought. A lot of problems or with that. if the milkman has a kid the beef's age and like doesn't come around to play with the beef, first of all, that kid's got to get out of the house and hang out with the beeve so that he doesn't have to hang out with the eighth graders all the time. Right. And then second of all, wouldn't the beeve see him and be like, that's my helmet. Yeah. That's not what that's for. That's for head on collisions. So, so then we go to uh, like, Oh wait, I liked this line that, uh, I liked this line that Ward had. So I wrote it down. It said, uh, uh, if we gave them everything they wanted, they'd be bored and we'd be broke. <laughs> I that's that's kind of nice. I like that. Yeah. So then we have down. We're in downtown Mayfield, presumably. Oh, the streets of Mayfield. The streets of Mayfield, and uh, Beaver is trying to get the ice cream man to. You know what I wrote here? 
What's that? Uh, I said, do you want to know what I wrote here? What's that? A Zac Efron type. Uh, he was a Zac <laughs> Efron type. He's like charming and good looking. Actually, while we're talking about this, I want I forgot to like look at that guy up and see um, who he is. But uh, Beaver is suggesting to him that he advertise on Beaver. And that's when he says, we do all of our advertising out of New York. And that's when I'm like, got it. They're not in New York. A location clue. A location diversion or something of of that nature. And well, also, uh, I was thinking, is this before ice cream trucks had songs? I couldn't tell you. Because, like, don't you, like, have the ice cream truck go around town being like, ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da? Or like, oh, well, that's the, the Leave It to Beaver theme. Well, <laughs> it just plays the Leave It to Beaver I mean. theme. Yeah, you know no, what I mean. They I know, like but play it, was, music. it was a parked ice cream truck. I don't know. So <laughs> that uh, the ice cream man was played by Alan Windsor, who was in the incredible petrified world, Scorching Fury and Leave It to Beaver. Um, so, yeah, he doesn't he didn't really do much. Um I'm going to keep this open so that we have it for future actors coming up. So um, then. Oh, yeah. So then Beaver gets gets an ice cream cream anyway. Yeah. And then Beaver walks past the Blue Moon Tavern and Grill. And he's like, you know, internally, because he doesn't say it out loud. Got it. They'll advertise with me. Opens the door and like loud, like jazz music starts playing. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Blue Moon Tavern looks awesome. And then, of course, yeah. he just like gets kicked out a minute later. But like, and the guy that kicks him out has like the greatest suspenders suspender combo. Yeah. Like his, his, his like suspenders are blocks of colors. And then his tie is like checkered like a taxi. Yep. It's cool. And then I, it's I wrote, very cool. I wrote with this, what time is it? It rained all morning. The friends are bored. They're making a clubhouse. They have sandwiches for lunch. Ward is bored, but still has time to go out and golf. What time is it? This is the longest day. Also, jazz is like jazz club tavern and grill is hopping. I mean, I guess we also have to assume that a lot of these things are happening simultaneously. Like... Ward and June talking and the living room is happening while Eddie is talking about how he likes to just chase Beaver off while Beaver is downtown, like trying to get people to advertise with him. But even if it was a Saturday at like three o'clock. Right. That tavern is hopping. That tavern was hopping and bopping. Um, So then he goes to visit Charlie at the auxiliary fire department, Charlie, who we've never seen before. We've only seen Gus. I'm assuming we see Charlie again. Um, mm-hmm. Charlie is played by a man named Raymond Hatton, who was a big silent film star in the uh, starting in the 20s, going up to the 40s. He was in uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, Arizona Bound, The Big Cage, Down Texas Way. And here's a little interesting fact about uh, the guy who played Charlie. 
He passed away only five days after the death of his wife on October 21st, 1971. Hmm. Of a broken heart. Of course. Not of a fire. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, he's the new auxiliary fire department guy. I hope we see Gus again. Love Gus. Yeah. So I hope we see Charlie again. <coughs> Excuse me. So Charlie um says like uh something to the beef like I don't think we have any money for advertising but I could take it out of the polish yeah. fund. Yeah, which I was like what a good guy. I mean, it's not like Beaver's charging a lot of money. It's 50 cents for the front and 75 cents for the back. And he takes the bigger one. He he gives him the back. He gives him the 75 cents. He's well, you know, the beaver is an ally of of the auxiliary fire department. Oh my god. And it was so cute when he was like saying he wanted to like take out one of the engines. Mm-hmm. But it was funny because it was like Charlie was talking about how like no one is interested in the auxiliary fire department. And he's like, Well, that's why you need advertising. And he's like that way, if someone has a fire, they'll know to call you. Which isn't the point of the auxiliary firehouse. And I doesn't matter. It's it's cute that that it's cute that he goes to the auxiliary fire department. I think that that's fun. It I is. like that. So yeah, uh, Charlie. Buys- I'll also say. When he does, he's like walking backwards after he gets the money for the advertisement, yeah. just so that people more people can see it. It's a super professional ad. It looks very good. And I, my notes say Beaver walks hilariously through town because he's mm-hmm. walking so that everybody can see the sign because everybody's curious to know what the sign says. So yeah. he's like walking in like weird ways to like get people to see it. It's really funny and very cute. Very cute. Um, actually, um, on our on Louise to Beaver.com, I'm going to I'll try to put like a little. Um, clip of it or like make like an animated gif of it or something just because I love the way he's walking through town. It's good. I And I'm going to go ahead and say like this, this episode is not good, but Beaver saves it with like his physical acting. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So um, now we go back to the clubhouse where the boys have appear- have appeared to have made no progress whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, and they have major fatigue and they are losing interest. And Eddie asks impossible questions about the beef's location. He's like been with Wally all afternoon and in the middle like at the beginning of the scene says, "Hey Wally, where's your like annoying kid brother?" And he's like I've been, he doesn't say this, but yeah. if it were me, I would be like, uh, are you dumb? <laughs> I've been here with you the whole time. How could I possibly know where he is? It's so true. Like, Eddie has this obsession with the beaver. Yeah. I, I mean, my theory is that he knows that the beaver is awesome. He's... Oh, yeah. He has, like... He's always the one to like bail everyone out. He's always the one to come up with the clever plans. And he is just jealous of the beaver. Yeah. Well, I think that Eddie is just waiting for the 
perfect moment to hitch his wagon to the Beeves rising star. Oh, you think it's going to be like a talented Mr. Ripley situation? I just feel <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> There's another part of the scene, too, where Ward comes out of the house with his golf clubs. Oh, yeah. And they all like frantically start working again because they don't want him to see that right. they've stopped. But I'm like, he's just across the street. He can probably hear that the hammering has stopped. Right. He doesn't they're, need to like see it. They're dumb kids. That's all there is to it. Um, so then we go to what I think might actually be my favorite scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is so good. Beaver is walking across the bridge and there's a guy like dangling off the side, painting it. Oh, I have the information for the guy who plays the painter. Uh, that is Johnny silver. Great name or greatest name. Uh, he was actually in Spaceballs. Whoa. Yeah, he played uh, the caddy. Hmm. Yeah. Um, he was in Guys and Dolls. He was in History of the World Part 1. So clearly oh my he's. God, who was he in Guys and Dolls? He was. Um, hold on a second. It's probably just one of the gamblers or whatever. Um. It was, hold on, Benny South Street. Okay. And then he was in History of the World Part 1, and he was in Shakes the Clown. Very interesting. Um, and uh, no real interesting information. Uh, he had da two daughters that worked together as a singing duet called the Silver Bells. Great name. Yeah. Uh, so he's talking. So Beaver's talking to this painter and he's like, is this your bridge? And he's like, no, it's the town's bridge. And he's like, who owns the town? And he's like, well, this is all the people. And then the Beaver's like, does that mean I own part of it? And the painter's like, just as much as anyone else, I guess. So Beaver is like, can I borrow some paint? And he paints on his sign. Uh, Oh, well, he also tells him, this is the best bridge to spit over. This is the best spitting bridge in town. And he writes on his sign, spit off my bridge, 10 cents. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy walks by. I love this guy. And he's just like, hey, I want to spit off this bridge. And... Uh, what's up? I was going to say, I, there's no dialogue though, right? It's like he, the camera just pans back and you see a guy like bending over to the beef and giving him uh, some money. And, right. And the beef's oh, been pacing. By the way, I need to correct myself. That's Johnny Silver, not the painter. The painter is uh, Charles Wagingheim, who was just in a bunch of like old movies in like okay. the forties. Sorry. Johnny Silver is the, uh, the bridge, the bridge spitter. I mean, I think that he basically just gave Beaver 10 cents because he appreciated how funny the sign was, but didn't, yeah. he didn't actually spit over the side of the bridge. Right. Yeah. Now back in the kitchen, June is baking something. Yeah. And, uh, same outfit, same outfit, same day. And 
it's just another one of those conversations. Oh, well, uh, Ward walks in and she's like, oh, what's the matter? Like, uh, he has played a full round of golf, theoretically. Or, no, he only, half. Doesn't oh, he, only he say, like, something now they only got to the ninth green or something? Maybe. Still, that takes a long time. A couple hours. At least. So, he, yeah, he came back and... It was just like, the, it was all too wet for him to play. Clearly, it was pouring earlier in the day. June is baking, and then he's like, has Beaver given up yet? And it's like, man, you are just ragging on your kid who, uh, and you have no reason, aside from like an article you read, to believe that he yeah, is bailing on this. Well, and he says uh, something that the wall June set tells him like the wall of the clubhouse collapsed three times. And so the boys gave up and went to Tui's house and he says like, you know, Oh, boys can't keep their mind on anything. And June's corrects him. And he's like, you didn't say that about Wally. Right. You said that about beef. Yeah. June is always just the best. Love her. She is the best. Uh, no nonsense. June. She calls people out. It's great. So then we're back to the bench we were at earlier and Beaver is like counting his money and he made like a dollar 75 and that same old man comes back and he's like looking at Beaver's earnings and which I tried to work out if he got paid 75 cents for the back advertisement of the firehouse yeah that and bought his own ice cream which was well, however much money. The ice cream we have to figure came out of a separate budget. Oh, okay. I don't know, right? I was going to say that's at least 10 people. It's at least who gave 10 this people kid that spit off the money bridge. Money on the bridge. Yeah. yeah. What I also love about the spit and bridge is that it's been established before in the episode of Violet Rutherford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The black she, eye. She asks if he, if he wants to spit off the bridge, and he's like, I spit off it on the way over here. Yeah. It's so good. So, um, yeah, we're back on the bench and yeah, he made $1.75 and this old man is looking at him and he, he's like, how much did you make? And he's like, nothing. And it's like, don't you, when you like have advertising, just collect the money. You don't just make money as you go through the day. Right. I don't know. That was kind of weird. But then he was like, comes up with this whole story about this whole like what was me story about how his wife passed and he has this daughter and oh, I she, thought his wife left him. Oh, I thought that she daughter. died. I thought she died. Hmm. Anyway, either way, he doesn't have a wife. No, or a daughter. Or a daughter, which you can tell because he's like his story has inconsistencies. But like he's doing this whole what was me thing about like not having to not having any food to put on the table for his daughter, Jasmine. And he's like, you know, her brown eyes. And then he's like her blue eyes. And the beef's like, didn't you say she had brown eyes? Yeah, I think like it was, the beef yeah. catches him. in Right. And like there's this whole thing about how he met his wife and he stole her out from like a sultan who had like one of those long curvy swords and blah, blah, blah. And so the beaver is just like, you know what? You need this more than I do. And 
he gives him the money. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the lion Pete says, now I won't have to hawk her mother's little ankle bell. And I wrote this in the quote, and then I wrote, ugh, yuck. Yeah. All of it. All of it. All of it. So now we are back at the at the Cleaver residence and uh, it's this is just another Ward and June scene. And uh, he is, I, I guess uh, we can assume that the beaver has come home and told them what happened and talked about how he made the money. So I think that June finds the sandwich board in the garage. That's right. That's right. That's right. So then she's, uh, then Ward goes into this whole thing about how he once made 50 cents for kids to see his grandfather in bed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and June's like, uh, say what? And he's like, oh, well he had a beard and yeah, and then she's like, I don't want to know. Yeah. But then I was like, is he suggesting that his grandfather was like Santa to these kids? Like, come see my grandfather, Santa, All sleeping? I can All I can think is that you got to figure, you don't see many beards and leave it to beaver so far. Maybe just at the time it was so rare for people to have, I don't, well, also this would have been like the 20s. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Anyway, that's anyway. weird. And then, and now for the final scene, we go up to the the boy's bedroom and Wally is just like, what? I can't believe that you gave him your money. Everybody knows that that guy's a liar. Lion Pete. That's where we hear the name Lion Pete. Oh yeah. He's like a faker. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, the beaver says something that I'm just like, all right. Yeah. The beaver's just like, yeah, but I never heard a story like that. It's just yeah. like that story was worth a dollar 75 to him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he pretends to Wally or maybe he really knows that lion Pete's a faker, but yeah, he wants to give him the money anyway because the entertainment was that fun. I don't yeah. Know. No, it's wonderful. I, I thought that it was a good way for Beaver to save face and uh, it looks good. I don't know. Yeah. So we've talked about this briefly. Not a good episode. Yeah. Not a good episode. Um, It's problematic. Eddie's in it. It's just (laughs) like everybody is either like, well, Ward is being a jerk because he's not taking beaver's entrepreneurial skills seriously and he just like he's just brushes beaver off as i don't know being flighty about things which we know he is not right uh everybody's a jerk to beaver except for june who basically although she does say like run along now to him yeah I think just because she was in the middle of something in the kitchen, who knows what it was, but he was I remember her like stirring pots. She's just like always cooking and baking stuff. Anyway. um, So on this podcast, we rate things on a scale from 
Is it would it be one to five or zero to five? Oh, interesting. I guess I always thought one, but we could make it zero. From zero to five G gollies. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I give this one two and a half G gollies. So G golly, G golly, G. Okay. Yeah. I am amending mine since now we're on a zero to five. Oh. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Really? Yeah, because here's the thing. There's been episodes. What were you going to give it before? Before, I was going to give it a four. Really? But here's the thing. Because the beef is so darn cute. I like it when there's guest stars. I... I felt entertained by what was happening and by what was not happening. Like, I want to meet Eddie Haskell's dad. No, I I don't. I want to know where, well, he seems like a good foil for Ward. Uh Uh-huh. In the same way that Fred Rutherford is a good foil for Ward. Uh Like, um... I like it when I want to maybe see the ice cream guy again. I want to know more about Mahoney. I like there's just right. like things that aren't happening that I'm kind of into. I like that we got to have Tui again. I like that we meet the painter and the ice cream guy. If I didn't already say that, like there's just I like that stuff. The script was not solid. And why I amended it to go back to a three was because I think in previous in previous G gollies, I have given a three for an episode that I really did not think too highly of. Okay. And I was like, I didn't hate it as much as those episodes. Uh huh. But I obviously did not like it as much as brotherly love or water anyone or captain jack captain jack right practically perfect episodes yeah right um so this was written by two guys mel dramond and ben gershman i couldn't find anything about mel dramond but uh ben gershman you know we're at least able to see his uh his resume so he wrote for Mannix. Uh, he did like some, he did two episodes of Different Strokes. He did a bunch of episodes of the Brady Bunch. Um, uh, an episode of Hogan's Heroes. He did like one or two episodes here and there of stuff. I'm trying to see if there's anything that like he did a bunch for. Um, not really. I think that he would write an episode and they'd be like, oh, he's not that good. He did three episodes of Leave it to Beaver. But before that, you know, he was, uh, I guess, a staff writer on Ozzy and Harriet. So that must have been where they were just like, well, he wrote for Ozzy and Harriet. He must be pretty good. But like, I don't know. I'd say that the the best parts of this episode were where there was no dialogue. Yeah. The and it was all just like the beaver looking the way the beaver looks. The tavern and grill. Yeah. It was all the, the direction. underscore. Yeah. I don't know. So ultimately, not my favorite. Yeah. So anyway, it's just a hard, a hard agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to have seen it because I love any moment of Tui I can get my hands on, even though he's a jerk. He's not an Evie, an Eddie level of jerk. 
Yeah. But I also will say that you need that for relativity to be like the Cleaver boys are some like heart of gold boys. Well, in 1957, you kind of had to figure out your own fun. And they do it. And they do it. Also, let's bear in mind, let's see, Beaver's what, like nine years old? No, not even like seven or eight years old. And he's just like walking around by himself talking to old men all day. Yeah. He only talks to old men and the ice cream man. A younger man. A younger man. Um, But another thing, talking about the ice cream guy just a little bit, he is with a company that does advertising out of New York. What is this ice cream truck? Yeah. Did you have ice cream trucks when you were growing up? We there was the like good humor truck, but that one didn't come around as much. I grew up in New Jersey and there were the Italian ice trucks. That's Mm. what was big there. We had, I think it's Schwann. Okay. The Schwann guy, I think. I Either my family has like a weird lisp or <laughs> it's like the logo is a swan, but I think it's like S-C-H-W. And you could get like frozen chicken wings or really? fish sticks or ice cream sandwiches or uh, drumsticks like the ice cream cone with the chocolate fudge in the bottom. Or in... So we had that truck that would come around. Yes, there is S-C-H-W-A-N and there's like this yeah. little swan. Yeah. Yeah, ice cream delivery. Yeah, but it wasn't just ice cream. You could get, like I said, this other, like other frozen stuff. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, so it wasn't like a window that opened that you just ran up and gave a dollar and you oh, got okay. ice cream. It it was just like the truck came around and you ran out of your house, and but you could also get like fish sticks. But it was ice cream sandwiches and that's so like funny. Drumsticks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, when I was living in Los Angeles, all the ice cream trucks were just like creepy looking. Um, I'm sure that I've seen some in Portland where I live now, but I, I'm, it's not on my radar. Yeah. But I know that they're still around. Well, also now, now there's things like cool house and like the fancy, you know. Yeah. I was going to say too, in New York, there's ice cream trucks, but they're like not driving around. They're like parked in front of Yeah. I know I've seen like Mr. Softy and stuff like that in New York. Yeah. Yeah, they're like parked outside of a bar or parked outside of a school. They're not driving around with like a song. Right, yeah, because when you heard that song, you grab your money, you, you run out. outside. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't really have any more thoughts about this episode. No, you? me either. No. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Go to louisatobeaver.com. Listen to our other podcast. I have a great idea, but I'll never do it. Rate and review us on iTunes. Email us louisatobeaver at gmail.com. We'll talk. It'll be fun. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Tell your parents, tell your aunts and uncles, tell your nieces and nephews to give it a listen. We want you to interact with us. That's what's important to us. We have a comments section on the website, louisandtobeaver.com. Just saying. And if you would also like to watch the episodes, you can check them out at archive.org. Yeah. Just type in the search bar, leave it to Beaver. Um, And if you aren't going to watch the episodes, but you're like, gee, I wish I could see that. We do take some screen grabs and inside the podcast listening app of your choice, sometimes it will come up inside of the podcast description. If you don't see it, then it's on louisatobeaver.com. There you go. There you go. Well, cool. It's been a pleasure doing this with you, Louise. Yeah, same, same. Super swell. Loving it. All right. Okay, and, cool. And without any, See you around the old town of Mayfield next time. Yeah, Mayfield, not New York. And without any fear there, adieu. When you have an older brother, there comes a time when you kind of take him for granted. Even going fishing with him can get to be pretty routine. But when you stand a chance of losing him, you certainly realize how much he means to you. And that's our story next time on Louise It to Beaver. <laughs>